Welcome back. BetQL Daily, Mark Drumheller, Rick Camp, presented by MGM. Hour two, we're going to get into some football, but before we do, um, one of the 4th of July traditions, we were talking about them earlier, we can't leave out from a betting perspective. Hot dogs are on the menu. The hot dog eating contest uh, sponsored by Nathan's. Always, uh, you know, a lot of fun for betters to kind of play around with recreationally, see if they can find some edges, see if they can get some winners. Uh, You always want to be the sharpest guy at the barbecue. And that's why we have Rick Camp here with us because he has a play, the women's division, going off uh, before the next hour starts. So he wanted to kind of share some knowledge in regards to that. So, Rick, what do we got here? Where do we need to put our money in the women's hot dog eating contest? If there's one event that I should be – at least have some inf- have some information or at least a thought on as host of the I'm Fat podcast. It is uh, the hot dog eating contest. So <laughs> there's no value on the winners of either division because Joey Chestnut and Mickey Sudo are are way out there. You see Joey Chestnut minus four thousand on BetMGM. However, in the over under on number of dogs. Mickey Sudo's number is 44 and a half. Juice slightly to the under. I like the over 44 and a half. Now, last year, she was actually talking of a pretty big game about trying to get to 50. That was one of her goals. But she was just coming off of a pregnancy and had a hand injury. So when you, you put those together, along with, you know, just her being able to do what she's done and with those expectations the year before, I think 44 and a half might be shading a little bit too much towards last year where there were some, you know, extenuating circumstances that are not relevant this year. So over 44 and a half is my play. Saw it at minus 105. And yes, I could be very possibly being influenced by the fact that I was looking up her name to make sure I had the pronunciation correct yesterday and stumbled upon a video where she ate 16 pounds of euro in 44 minutes. 16 it was pounds? Like, yeah, it was like six, because it was supposed to be, it was billed as like a 15-pound challenge or a 12-pound challenge. But each one, instead of, there was like six giant euros, but each one, instead of being like two and a half pounds, it was like two and three quarters. So it ended up being like 16, 16 and a half pounds. And she, and she had an hour to eat it and downed it all in 44 minutes. And it was like a profile view that you saw of her. And from stomach from the time that started to the time it ended, it looked like she was pregnant again. Mind you, I do not blame her in the slightest because of course that's going to happen because it's 16 pounds of food that has to go somewhere. So, you know, the little kid hat tip retupect like uh, (laughs) on that one. And over 44 and a half hot dogs for Mickey Sudo, minus 105. That's my play. I love it. You know what I'm saying? Life's too short to bet the under. Now, listen, I, I like betting unders. I think there's more value in unders in general. But when it comes to the hot dog eating contest, it's a holiday. We're having fun. We're yeah. tossing a couple of shekels in the pot. You know, we, we want to see the over. We want to see greatness. We want to see entertainment. So um, I'm on board with you on the 44 and a half. Um, I'll probably play the over in the men's too. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But let's get to the pigskin. Um, you know, I want to talk about some NFC East futures 
breakdowns with you. Uh, being me being from Philadelphia, obviously the Eagles, um, you know, advanced to the Super Bowl last year. They are the favorites, minus 110 to win the division. You know, you go down the list, you had Dallas Cowboys plus 170, Giants plus 750 to win the division, and the Commanders. 10 to 1, plus 1,000, you can win a lot of money if you're a huge believer in Sammy Howe and what Ron Rivera is doing in Washington. Um, wanted to get your thoughts real quick, Rick. I'm pre- I'm, listen, I'm sure you probably have an idea of, you know, what I think of the landscape of the division. So let's let you lead it off. I do think that the Eagles should be the favorite, and it should be. Like, the, the odds feel right for the Eagles mm-hmm. at this point. Because there was the worry, obviously, going into last offseason of how much they were going to lose off of that team. And all things considered, I think they made out well. They absolutely, uh, they absolutely made out well in that regard. And, I, and you know, it's interesting with uh, the Bears and the Eagles with the, the draft day trade, you know, 9 and 10, and, and you know, with, uh, with Carter in that regard. And the Bears kind of hanging the old not interested sign and the Eagles just getting another really talented dude in, in that structure that they have there if he's going to succeed anywhere it's probably going to be philadelphia so i love that move for them obviously i would be higher on, probably like a lot of people are saying i'd be higher on dallas if it wasn't like mccarthy calling plays that scares mm-hmm. the hell out of me i i don't like the thought of him calling plays do they have a ton of talent of course but this is like what happens with dallas have they added talent defensively sure but I just have some hesitation there. I do worry about some Giants regression, but looking at the number, that's kind of built in. Maybe not the division number. The Washington make the playoffs number intrigues me a little bit at 3-1. to I think that's fascinating just because there's a lot around that team. It's pretty much can the offensive line hold up again and can Sam Howell be not terrible? All Washington needs is not terrible quarterback play and they can at least be feisty for that. Like their win total, over 6.5 minus 104 on bet MGM. I don't mind that. I think I would probably rather play make the playoffs or an all over if I was going to play anything in, in relation to the commanders. And basically just say, the bar's not that high. Think about what that quarterback play has been. Think about some of the weapons that they have to where if you get a positive outcome from that team, I think the odds of them at least sneaking into an expanded playoffs that we have now are better than what's being shown. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, I can see that for sure. I, I think that much like the NBA, when we talked about when these, you know, teams at the bottom, kind of in the middle of the pack, when the floor gets raised, there, there's some chances for them to hop up. The, the landscape of the NFC in general, just not a lot of elite teams, a lot of good teams. When that happens, a lot of, in, you know, injuries and things like that have a greater impact. There's greater variance. Um, so I think that kind of opens up a window for some of those teams that you might not expect to kind of hop into the playoffs. So definitely makes some sense. You're listening to uh, Bet QL Daily presented by BetMGM. Mark Drumheller, Rick Camp filling in for Ed, Aaron, and Joe while they enjoy their fourth Listen to us on the Odyssey Sports app and watch the show at twitch.tv slash betql. Um, as far as I'm concerned with the NFC East, I, I think the Eagles are the rightful favorites. You know, you saw them go out. They lost a little bit on defense. But, you know, Howie Roseman, one of the best GMs um, in the NFL, uh, you know, kept the roster intact. They go out and get DeAndre Smith, uh, you know, add him to the offense. And, you know, the offensive line, yes, 
Do they have, you know, older pieces with Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey? But they're veterans that I trust. Jalen Hurts expecting to take another leap. So, um, you know, I, I, I like the Eagles. I think that they're probably the only, you know, it, there's probably one, two, you know, if you really want to stretch maybe three elite teams um, in the division. But I do think that there's, you know, some value with those other teams because I think the order after that, when you look at the Cowboys, you look at the Giants, you look at the Commanders. Like, yes, you know, Daniel Jones took a little bit of a step under Brian DeBall. But this year, the real challenge starts. You know, this is when, you know, you're not sneaking up on anybody. Teams have film on, you know, what you're trying to do. It's always that sophomore season for a head coach that's really telling. And I'm not saying that Brian DeBall is not a great coach. You know, Dabs will definitely get it done long term there. But success isn't always like climbing the stairs. Sometimes you got to take a step back after you take a step forward. And it's those adjustments after you get knocked back that kind of determines, you know, a coach's tenure. And I think we might see that a little bit with the Giants. They have some good young receivers. So if we're talking about, you know, their future two, three years down the line, you know, Wendell Robinson, they got Jalen Hyatt, you know, from Tennessee. So they got some playmakers coming are they ready to make the impact that they're going to need to now that teams saw them not only make the playoffs, but win a playoff game, they're going to be on a lot of teams radar. So, you know, I think that those teams two, three, and four, you talked about the concerns with McCarthy, very interchangeable in the landscape of the division. Yeah, I completely agree. There's a lot of what the giants did. And and it's interesting that like you mentioned Dable and I, I, I like him. Like, I, I like mm-hmm. what he can be, how creative he is, how malleable his offense is to who he has. Like, that's a sign that lends itself towards more su- sustained success. However, like, you look, okay, they got a playoff win. Well, that Vikings team might have been, like, one of the most fluky teams to ever have that good of a record, at least that we can remember recently. The Bears and Matt Nagy's first year also come to mind in that regard. Uh, right. And that's where you also get, like, sophomore slump. Do I think Dable's a better coach than like Matt Nagy? Yes. Is it the most fair comparison? Not necessarily, but when you have not a star quarterback, like that's the thing with Daniel Jones too, is Dable did everything to put him in positions to succeed and limit his mistakes. And as you mentioned, there's tape on it now. There's more tape and more time to study it to where is Daniel Jones going to be allowed to do as much with his legs this year? It's a very fair question. Like mm-hmm. what, and especially just in comparison to this division too, like all those games against Dallas and Philly and Washington, like, okay, that, that it's still going to be a thing. And, and I, I just worry about uh, the Giants having even a little step back considering Philly is what they are. Dallas is at a bare minimum, a more talented football team than the Giants, and if the Commanders get any sort of quarterback play at all, I don't know how big the margin is for the Giants to be able to replicate what they did last year. So let's say the genie comes out of the bottle. It tells us, hey, you know, the the uh, you know the Eagles aren't going to win the division. Something catastrophic happens, injuries, Jalen Hurts. You know, we, we definitely don't want to see that. Me being in Philadelphia, don't. But if we take them out of the picture and we're trying to look at value in the division um, – Even with that, you know, I I think it has to be either the Giants or the Commanders. And I'd almost lean towards the Giants just because of the coach. Even though I expect them to take a step back, getting the number at plus 750 to win the division, if it's not going to be the Eagles, 
I would probably be most comfortable with taking a shot at the Giants of plus 750 than Dallas on the short price of plus 170 or putting my faith in the Commanders at 10 to 1. I actually I agree with everything I said about the Commanders. It was all about making the playoffs, not necessarily winning the division. It does feel like those two numbers for the division are a little long. So I, I mm-hmm. would agree with you. Like everything we talk about is range of outcomes. That's what we're yep. so if is there is it in the range of outcomes that the Giants step forward at some point and they're able to build off of what they did last year and let's say Wandale Robinson steps up or Jalen Hyatt really hits as a rookie. Like is does that lead to possibly them being able to take advantage of if unforeseen circumstances happen to the Eagles and you know, Mike McCarthy's a disaster calling plays and maybe Dallas deals with some injuries because they do have some older players. Like bringing in Stephon Gilmore, he could get hurt. He's been getting a little more injury prone as his career's progressed. So, uh, yeah, if I was forced to bet one of these numbers to win the division right now, it's probably the Giants, especially in the circumstance that you laid out of if something happens to Philly and they just have one of those disaster years yeah, the Giants are the Giants of the play at their number. I think they're the team that to step in. I just think, you know, I said, that, hey, it's the Eagles, and then there's other teams in the division are interchangeable. But when you look at the odds board, that's not the picture. It's almost like, hey, it's the Eagles and then Dallas, and then it's the other two teams. But I think the Giants and Washington are much closer to Dallas than Dallas is to the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Dallas, very talented team, but um, – I still feel like a long way to go and very concerned about, you know, the switch from Kellen Moore to uh, Mike McCarthy, but you know, we'll see, listen, they brought him in there because they believed in him. So, um, you know, we'll see, you know, what they can do there, but you know, more going over to the chargers um, I think makes them look appealing in the futures market. I was somebody who had a lot of chargers futures last year. So you're not sure if I want to dive right back in that. Well, especially seeing, you know, how good the chiefs look. But um, I do think the loss of Kellen Moore is going to hurt them, um, you know, within the division. But I do think it's the Eagles' division to win. Even if you look at – when we look at the quarterbacks, Rick, it's, um, you know, you look at the backups. And the commanders brought in Jacoby Brissett. You know, the Eagles went and got Marcus Mariota. There's some backups there, some players. And – you know, that I think that where if a quarterback may not be out for the year but has to lose, miss a couple games, they can kind of fill in the pieces. I like their backup quarterback situation a lot better as well, and I think that matters when you're looking at futures and range of outcomes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's that's part of the reason that, you know, I was like, okay, for the commanders to make the playoffs is if Sam Howell gets hurt or Sam Howell just blatantly isn't it, then – okay, Jacoby Brissett isn't going to raise your ceiling, but he can at least help maintain a floor at that mm-hmm. point. And I think that's really all you're asking of a backup quarterback anyway. So I, I do think that's interesting. And mentioning Kellen Moore, quick, because I know I know we're going to have to take a time out here, is the dichotomy of the Chargers offense versus the Cowboys offense and how the Kellen Moore effect one way or the other is going to play is going to be fascinating to watch all season long. Absolutely. So listen, more football futures we're going to get into in the, in the break. I'm, I'm going to pick Rick's brain on the NFC North um, and his Chicago bears. So can't wait. Um, stay with us. Bet QL daily presented by bet MGM. We'll be back in a few. <laughs> 